2: It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket
1: of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love it lane. Because I love it.
2: We love
3: it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home. On the fairways of V4 in the house, Holly G. As we finish up the third leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the final final road to East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta next week. They have this week off, and Keegan Bradley, he's back. Keegan, after being an outstanding rookie, winning the PGA championship in his rookie year, uh, just delivers a very emotional win on Monday at Aronimink. Uh, just a really, really popular win. Keegan, a super, super popular guy on tour and, uh, Really good to see him back in the winner's circle. Justin Rose just falls short and uh, though still becoming world number one for the first time, so uh, a, a notch off of uh, of his resume in terms of jumping to the next level and he was there all week and over the weekend and into Monday as we went to a Monday finish because of the weather canceling the th- tournament on Sunday we'll go to one of our favorite golf insiders formerly with golf week here in Orlando now writing for the morning read Jeff Babineau hey Babs hey Holly G well I know uh Keegan being a New Englander from Vermont and a big time Patriots fan and Red Sox fan I know I know he's one of your favorites He's
0: yeah. one of my New England boys yeah, it was, it was good to see him win on Monday. You know, he he woke up on Monday morning and wasn't even sure he wanted to see golf uh, because he already was going to be in the tour championship if they happened to call the tournament, uh, you know, after 54 holes. He was in sixth place, and that tour championship is huge for players. It would have been huge for him. So that already was the biggest thing he was chasing, and then they end up playing golf on Monday, which I thought was a miracle. I don't think any player... Ever expected they were going to play? And, yeah, hats uh, off to wins. the
3: superintendent,
0: right? Oh, an unbelievable job they did! Just an incredible job, and and then he wins, and now you know that's even that even takes him to a different level. So uh, it's really cool. He had a great line afterward. He said, "You know, you always you put in this hard work and all this hard work and all these hours, and you don't always get the payoff. So it was kind of cool that he got the payoff."
3: Yeah, and it'd been six years since his last win, right? Twenty thirteen. That's a
0: long, long time.
3: Yeah, and I think it equated to like 162 starts or something.
0: Yeah, 161 starts. And, I mean, he he went south when they got rid of the anchoring, you know, in in the first of 2016. These guys are like a brotherhood, you know. It's Webb Simpson and uh, Adam Scott's in there, and they all talk to each other and exchange ideas. He settled on kind of the the Kuchar arm lock deal that uh, Webb Simpson uses, and... Uh, he led the field in putting, which was amazing because he entered the field in the mid 180s and search game putting. So it just shows you what a great ball striker he is. I mean, to have one hot putting week and put him on top.
3: Yeah, he I think uh, hold 11 putts outside of 10 feet, and you know, given that he's gone through uh, this transition with the putting. Uh, you know that's not usually he doesn't usually lead the field in strokes game putting, but no. you know that's that's what it all boils down to to uh, to you know to to win the tournaments.
0: Yeah, I mean that's when it's going to be your week, and he he is such a great ball striker. I mean, he drives it so well. He was hit driver out there at, at Aronimic where uh, some players weren't, and it was just a um, you know. So he's playing from different positions, but he's got to take advantage of that by making the putts. So. Uh, when he's able to get a few rolling in, he makes a big putt Saturday coming in. We thought that might be the last call that the players would play. So I think that meant a lot to him, too. That proved a lot, and that probably gave him some extra confidence for Monday.
3: And he made Johnny Miller cry.
0: Oh, uh, I know. On live TV. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Johnny's a guy who knows what it's like to lose his putting, and Johnny's a guy who knows what it's like to go a number of years out there without winning. Remember, he won late in his 40s. He surprised everybody at Pebble Beach. So
3: That's right.
0: Made him emotional. Yeah, it was, a, it was an emotional day and a, and a lot of stuff going on, and, and they got a really good winner.
3: Yeah, they sure did. And uh, I did pick Justin Rose last week. Um, mm. Who would have thought he would have missed that putt on the playoff hole? Yeah. He hadn't been missing anything inside five feet. and yeah. um, But, you know, he still got, got to uh, number one in the world. So it was a win-win for both.
0: Yeah, it was a win-win. It was tough for him, though. You know, he was such mixed emotions, giving away the tournament. You know, when you go bogey-bogey and you're a world-class player like he is, that's going to stick in your craw for a little bit. And, you know, then you walk off and they tell you you're world number one. Uh, I think he put it in proper perspective. You know, it's it's more than one day. I mean, getting to world number one was a journey for 20 years for him. So, uh, you know, good for him too. he's so consistent. Uh, he hits it so great. He's won four times in the last year. That would have been his fifth win in the last year, you know, going back to last fall. And uh, he's got a lot of class. So it was kind of tough to, to have it happen the way it did. But he walks out of there number one and, and, you know, try and carry that and get it done at Eastlake where he could win the, the FedEx Cup.
3: Yeah. And as Jason Day knows it, you know, it can slip out of your hands that number one ranking pretty, pretty yeah. quickly. Um Brooks Kepka is kind of on on uh Rose's heels, isn't he? I mean, he, he the math on on his potentially taking over number 1 is is uh, very close depending on yeah, what I happens mean, at Eastlake.
0: Yeah, we we spent the last, you know, month or so looking at Kepka as the guy that was going to take over overtake Dustin Johnson and all of a sudden you had uh Dustin and Brooks Kepka did not play very well up in Philly and and all of a sudden you had Rose leap in there. So yeah, they're so tight, that could go back and forth for a while.
3: We're talking to Jeff Babineau from the Morning Read. So overall, uh, the players seem, even in the, well, of course, you know, with the with the wet greens and, um, you know, being able to really go at the pins, uh, they they ate up Ronda Mink. What do yeah. you think overall in terms of, you know, the, the conversation about bringing a major back there?
0: Right. No, they have a major on the books, sir, I think. They have a PGA and I think, twenty twenty Oh, Oh, that's right. Yep. I mean, you know, Keegan Bradley shot 260. Uh, that's unbelievable. And yet five guys at 262 or better. I mean, that's that's lighting it up. Shot a lot of 62s. Tommy Fleetwood went back to back, 62, Tommy Fleetwood. 62. Yeah, it just kind of shows you. I mean, the modern game, they just hit it. They pound it so long, uh, you know, and they fly it so high. And if they have receptive greens, I mean, it's game over. There's just no defense. So uh, you'd have to get around if you'd probably have to add a little more length before 2026. It had undergone a restoration by uh, Ants already with a lot of the bunkering. And and now, uh, you know, you just need firm, fast conditions. They would play that in May, and, uh, and the ball wouldn't fly as far. and Maybe it'd be a little different because that is a great golf course. And to see them tear it up, it's got to be tough for the the members and the people of the tournament.
3: Yeah, Kevin Na had a 62 in the second round. Francesco Molinari, a 63. Uh, and, of course, Tiger lighting up the world with his 62 in the first <laughs> round. You know I was on yeah. Tiger watch.
0: Yeah, everyone was on Tiger watch. So, And he was there at the end. You know, it struck me how beautifully he drove it on the last day. Uh, you know, the, the fairways were soft, so if you hit a ball there, they were going to stay. But at the same time, he just seemed to kind of take a little off and and get that driver in play. And I thought he hit his driver great. Uh, again, he just didn't convert those, you know, 8 foot tight putts you need to keep your momentum going and, and keep moving forward. I mean, I think he gave himself enough looks out there to get something done, but he just uh, he didn't it didn't happen for him. And then Keegan and Rose and a few of these other guys just kind of pulled away from him.
3: Xander Shuffley, who was being considered as uh, a potential fourth Ryder Cup pick, he goes 63-64, 67-67 to tie for third. I mean, these guys are, are shooting some low scores.
0: Yeah, and that was cool to see out uh, of him. I mean, he was under the spotlight, knowing he was still it was probably between uh, Xander and Tony Fino. I think mean, it came down to that last spot. I mean, Brent Snedeker might have had an outside chance if, if he had won the tournament, because he would have had two wins in a month. But it was basically down to these two young guys, and, and you know, at one point, Tony Finau looked up, and he was about three or four under, and Xander was a 12 under on Friday. He knew he had to get going, and he did. You know, and then Finau responded with, you know, bogey-free round on Monday, five birdies, and and played his way onto that team. And I think he's going to be a great asset for Jim Furyk. I think he's easy to pair with, and and uh, he's versatile. You could play him in all kinds of formats.
3: Rory having a good tournament, just didn't get it done again on Monday in the final round. Man, he was just striping the ball. Couldn't yeah. get the putter to do do the business.
0: No, he didn't knock down the putts. He looked really frustrated out there because he knew how well he hit it. He, he's another guy who gave himself enough looks to finish two back from where he was all day. I mean, he had looks all day long, uh, and he was getting a little frustrated out there. But, you know, here's another guy going to the Ryder Cup. With his, obviously, his game's in good form. Going to East Lake with his game in good form, so... Uh, you know, it should be interesting. I mean, I was, we got to spend some time with Furyk after he made the pick. And we're looking at all these Ryder Cup guys, and so many of them are in good form. You know, it's not like they qualified for this team back in May, and they're kind of just hanging on going in there. I mean, you know, Justin Thomas played pretty well. He rallied to finish 12th. Uh, you know, I think Kepka's there with the majors. And, you know, V. Chambeau showing a lot of form. fino has been in great form. In the playoffs, Phil had a couple top 15s to start the playoffs. So, you know, Ricky Fowler was in there. So you got guys that are in good form. And that's what we want to see with the Ryder Cup. We want to see great matchups, but we want to see guys that are playing well. So that's that's exciting.
3: Well, here's what I want to see. To finish out my 2017-2018 prediction, Holly G. Karnak over here is for Tiger to win the Tour Championship. Uh, What do you think, Babs?
0: Well, I mean, he's got he 29 do it? guys to beat. Sure, he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, especially seeing how he drove it. I mean, it's a, it's a good ball strikers track, East Lake. He knows the course. He's only got 29 guys to beat. You know, there's always it always strikes me on Thursday there you'll have eight guys that don't play too well. They're already out of the tournament, so it's, it becomes this. If you know, Tiger likes to call them boat races, you know, it's a boat race with a lot fewer guys. So if you have a chance to win a tournament. I mean, there's world-class players there you're going to have to beat, but I I see no reason why he couldn't. And can you imagine the excitement if he goes to to Ryder Cup, having collected his 80th tour victory? That would be something pretty, pretty special.
3: That is for sure. Well, one more week to see if my prediction comes through. Thanks, as always, Babs. Check out all his stories at themorningread.com. Thanks, my friend. You know, this is the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us.
1: You're about to cross the finish line. Say what? With Jerry O'Neill and the Shot Doctor. When's the last time a college football team backed up a perfect year with a perfect year?
2: It had been back in the 1950s when the great Bud Wilkinson was having great great teams at Oklahoma. Wrong. The 1940s when Doc Blanchard was having great years at Army.
1: Not correct.
2: Bear Bryant back in the 1960s at Alabama. Didn't
1: ever go back to back. Then I'm out of answers. Tom Osborn's Nebraska Cornhuskers. The finish line with Jerry O'Neill and the Shot Doctor. Weekday afternoons at
4: three on FM 96.9 The Game.
1: Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that uh, three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose.
0: Dropbox, I hope nobody saw I'm trying to find the magic We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you
3: home on the Fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G. And uh, as I was mentioning earlier, we had a big victory on Monday. Not Sunday because it was a little wet in Pennsylvania at Aronimic outside Philadelphia. And Keegan Bradley bringing it home in the first playoff hole, winning his first tournament since 2013. That represented six years since his last victory and 160 starts. Congratulations to Keegan Bradley, PGA champion, and uh, at one time was on the Ryder Cup, and the President's Cup teams, he said it's pretty tough when you go outside the top 100 in the world. You can lose a lot of confidence and certainly wonder if you're ever going to make it back in that winner's circle. And uh, we know how tough it is and how these guys talk about how difficult it is to win given the amazing talent that's out there. Justin Rose shooting a 67, missing a five footer on the first playoff hole. Looked like uh, he was gonna make a birdie to win the BMW championship. Missed the putt after going 48 for 48 inside five feet. So certainly uh, shocking that that Justin didn't walk away with the P- P- BMW championship, but um, fantastic, fantastic finish down the last few holes. And um, congratulations to Justin Rose for going to the number one position in the world rankings. We're going to bring in a guy who was there all week, One of our favorite golf insiders from ESPN.com, Bob Herrig. Hey, Bob. Holly, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. So, uh, you know, just give our listeners a little bit of how how it went down on Monday. I was just sharing about, you know, Keegan making, uh, you know, making, having a win after this long drought. Justin Rose missing the putt. And then, you know, we had the likes of Billy Horschel, who seems to just get super hot this time of year, bearing down on these guys as well.
1: Yeah, and amazingly they somehow got that tournament finished because um you know, it just didn't look very good. It's a, it's it's really remarkable that um, 72 holes got in and that those guys played some pr- really good golf and some you know, some terrible weather and and also just, you know, the condition of the course. They did a great job of trying to trying to get it ready after all that rain, but you you summed it up. I mean, Justin Rose went to number 1 in the world. Um, and it's a huge honor. I got to believe, though, deep down inside, he's really kicking himself because yeah. that was a—you know—he bogeyed the 18th hole twice, and uh, you know he had—he knew what he had to do playing the 18th in regulation, and came up came up well short of the green. I'm not sure if that was a a miss club or a miss hit or what, but um, you know uh, he's—if you look at his record, I mean, my. It's just incredible over the past year what he's done. He's had one missed cut um, and, and a lot of high finishes and a bunch of wins. Um, and it's just it's sort of a shame for him he couldn't get to number one with a win. It would have just really made it all that much better, uh, not to take anything away from it because it's a great achievement. But uh, uh, on the other hand, Keegan Bradley probably needed that win a lot more than he did.
3: Absolutely. Um,
1: what a resurgence for him uh, and takes care of a lot of things now going forward by winning. You know, obviously he's in the Masters and um, he was going to get in the Masters by finishing in the top 30. Uh, <clears throat> but none of those things were guaranteed going into the week. And uh, uh, that's uh, that's why, uh, you know, getting into the top 30 in the FedEx Cup has become such a big deal to these guys. It's, it's not just getting to the Tour Championship. It's all the other perks that come with it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, he's a very popular, popular player, uh, you know, sort of a salt of the earth guy, lives, comes from Vermont, New Englander, loves the Patriots, you know, diehard uh, Sox fan. And and now, you know, married and has uh, what, an 18 month old. It was, you know, it's something he said he had been dreaming about. Uh, to you know to have his family on the green with him with another victory you know it really is was a sweet moment
1: you know keegan is one of those guys that was really really hurt bad by the uh anchored putting uh stroke rule change um you know if you think back uh you know he won that pga in 2011 um the next year he won a world golf event he was a very, very strong performer at the 2012 Ryder Cup. You know, he's, he went 3-0 and with Phil. Um, he looked like the kind of guy who was just going to be there forever, you know. Really good driver of the ball, very solid off the tee, um, incredibly competitive, fiercely competitive, uh, was sort of a guy that Phil took under his wing, and they, you know, sort of hardened him, but, his game just, you know, it just it unraveled because of that. Well, at least started to because of the putting change. I mean, he just uh, uh, he just couldn't figure out a way to get the ball of the hole, putting, putting uh, without an anchored stroke, which, you know, he had sort of developed, you know, before around the time he was in college, and he had no reason to believe that it was ever going to change. So it was very, very unfortunate for him. And even still, he's not a great putter. You look at the stats. He just had a really good putting week last week, uh, but he worked hard on all aspects of his game, and uh, and, and obviously those parts suffered too. Uh, he, had, you know, he had fallen outside the top 100 in the world, and uh, so it's good for him. It's uh, he's he's a good guy to have up up there, and and being a, a, a someone who's in in the mix all the time.
3: Well, a story you have up on ESPN.com, a surprise probably to. Everybody, Jordan Spieth falls short of the Tour Championship not making it inside the top 30.
1: If you um, and I had talked in January and said, Tiger will make the Tour Championship (laughs) and Jordan Spieth will not, I mean, what kind of odds could we have gotten on that? I mean, it just, it's just, it wouldn't, you would, you would have laughed. I think
3: we, I think we'd be
1: quitting our day jobs. Exactly. I mean, it's just, and I'm not sure I would have put anything on it. I mean, it, it just would have been silly to think that that could have happened. Uh, but it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, in, you know, and Jordan played 23 times. It's not like he didn't play a lot. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Tiger played has played 17. So Tiger played six less events and got there. Um, you know, Jordan had two pretty good finishes in majors, but the problem is that's really all he did. Um, you know, if you look at his record, he just didn't contend this year, except at the masters in the open. And it's, uh, it's kind of shocking, you know, and, uh, it just goes to show too, you know, if you're the, the, the way the FedEx cup is, is set up, it can be pretty volatile. And if you're, if you're not in solidly in that top 30, um, you know, there's no guarantee you're gonna get there and and he wasn't able to do it. uh He was actually in the in the top thirty going in and fell out because he he just had you know on on one of the courses that it was really very benign. He had two two scores over par uh so uh in fact uh, his, his seventy one on on Friday was only six scores out of sixty nine guys that was over par that day. so you know there's clearly were some issues with him this year. And um, you know, I, I think maybe it, it, if you just look at it selfishly for the U.S. with the Ryder Cup, it might do him some good to miss a tournament um, because he's he's got to he's got to get some things worked out, obviously.
3: Absolutely, and um, they've got this week to prepare for the Tour Championship at Eastlake, and hopefully uh, Florence won't dump uh, a bunch of rain over in Atlanta, Bob. I hope uh, I hope we I hope we get it in next week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be out of the way by then, but it, it certainly has the potential to douse them. And uh, after what those guys just went through uh, in in Philadelphia, I don't think they want to face that again. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, fingers crossed uh, that everybody's safe uh, with with what's about to happen there. That that thing looks pretty scary.
3: Yeah, it sure does. Well, as always, Bob, we thank you for your time. Check out all of his stories this week. On ESPN.com, and we'll be talking to you next week live from East Lake. Bob Herrig, Thank you, my friend. Thank you. you. Listen to the Golf Insiders, 969 the game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us.
4: Hey,
1: Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us.
4: Well, it's my job to keep all
1: those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is. Don't play in Pebble. Won't pay the price.
4: I love my muse. I think it's
3: nice. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the the house, house, Holly G. And we're talking about the final leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs next week. At beautiful East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta. And it now boils down to the top 30 that made their way through the rain. And the slosh and the weather at Aeronomy Golf Club in Philadelphia. And the top five in the FedEx standings control their destiny. That would be Bryson DeChambeau, then Justin Rose, then Tony Finau, who was just uh, picked by Captain Jim Furyk for the final member of the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Dustin Johnson and in fifth, Justin Thomas, who um, had a pretty decent finish at uh, the BMW Championship. Uh, DJ, not so much. So we're going to talk about Eastlake as well as the upcoming Ryder Cup with the current president of the Golf Riders Association of America and contributor to TheMorningRead.com, one of our favorites, Gary Van Sickle. Hello, GVS.
2: Well, Holly, uh, you know I have it in my contract that when I come on, you're required to play "Hail to the Chief" in the background. I don't, I don't hear it. So, uh,
3: a little technical like difficulty. You're in
2: of a contract here. Well, it's funny you mentioned the guys playing through the rain and the slosh at Aronimink. You're Watching the, the Weather Channel, Florence may go inland toward Atlanta. They may be playing in worse slop at East Lake. But the good news there is. Eastlake's got sub air under the green, so they might be able to make it work a little bit better. But it could be, uh, it could be another mudfest for the tour championship.
3: Well, if they were able to get that round in on Monday at Aronimink, uh, I mean, that, that uh, superintendent, he was a magician. It sounded like, because uh, it, sound, it sounded like the guys thought they, you know, maybe 10% of them thought they might play. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope that uh, Florence uh, doesn't do too much damage. But what should we look for at Eastlake, Gary? You've covered this tournament many times, especially right now. I mean, you look at these players, so many of them are in form. Uh, and then we have somebody like, you know, Keegan winning after a six-year drought. And, um, you know, Billy Horschel again on, on a roll, as he has in the past, a FedEx champion from a few years ago. Tiger, I'm hoping keeping my fingers crossed I predicted he'd win in the 2017-2018 season you think uh you know that's that's a possibility here boy that would that would be one way to end this year wouldn't it be
2: well he's in the neighborhood of of winning except by the time you know Ron Mick was a good example it seemed like he had a chance and then he finished and by the time the other guys got done he wasn't even in the top five it's It's funny, because I was talking to somebody at a golf course today about brought up Tiger, and I was pointing out that when he won the Masters in 97, if you go look at the driving stats, I forget if he was 25 or 30 yards longer than the next closest guy in the driving stats that week, which which was Scott McCarron. He was 25, Tiger was 25 to 30 yards longer than everybody else, plus he hit the in in general, I mean, he was the best iron player. He hit it closer more often than anybody else. And he was the best putter maybe in history. Uh, So now he's not longer than any of the top 30 guys. He's not the best putter in the world. He's not even probably in the top 20 putters. And uh, he's still a pretty good iron player. Uh, So he's lost a lot of his edge. And there's a lot of these guys are, they've raised their games and, through fitness, through equipment. You know, the launch monitors helped. You know, Tiger was doing all that at the time probably with, you know, what Phil said was inferior equipment, and what he meant was inferior technology. You know, Tiger was pretty slow to switch to uh, alloy shafts. He was playing that 43 half inch steel shaft driver for a long time. So he could have had even a more uh, bigger edge on distance had he – an early adopter instead of being a late adopter anyways look if you if if you to fulfill your prediction the best odds you can get would be in a 30-man tournament so yeah he's alive and kicking he's only got to beat 29 guys he's the best odds he's had all year
3: exactly i
2: I would not personally bet on him but he's played well enough at times we can go yeah he plays well enough to win one of these things one of these times But when you're down to your last week, you know, the odds are kind of against it any one given week. But he's as good a pick as anybody right now.
3: Uh, Speaking of picks, Tony Fino, the captain's pick on Monday after the BMW championship concluded. This was pretty much a a no-brainer. When you look at the fact that he's uh, fourth in the FedEx Cup standings, 11 top tens this year, including three in the majors, pretty stout playing, and he's gone second, fourth, and eighth in the FedEx playoffs. Pretty impressive, this kid.
2: yeah he he was second or fourth in those two weeks, and nobody noticed because <laughs> we were too busy getting all excited over Brandon DeChambeau winning both of those. Nobody noticed Fino it was right, right on his tail. So, you know, I read a interesting letter on, you know, MorningRead.com today. One of the disgruntled letter writers, uh, obviously a Phil hater and maybe it was a tiger hater too. I don't remember, but he was saying, well, if you had liked like, Fino, Fino so much, he should have picked him earlier and let Phil wait. And then, you know, then maybe he would have picked somebody besides Phil is, this whole rant was what's Phil done in the last six months, blah, blah, blah. And uh I was thinking, yeah, that would be an interesting scenario. What if the three guys if you were had picked had been Deschambeau, Tiger, and Tony Finau. If you're fourth if you're holding out at Aaronamanc for Phil, did he show you anything there that would have made you pick him? You might have picked Xander Shoffley instead. And uh I think the guys got a good point. And, of course, there were some more letters on morning Read. In other words, like, Tiger shouldn't have been on the team either, which is pretty absurd. But everybody's got a different view of things. So Fina was – the guys had a very consistent year. The only thing you can criticize them for is, you know, not not getting it done, not getting to the winner's circle. But uh you could say that about a lot of the guys. I was just thinking, when you mentioned Billy Horschel, wouldn't it be hilarious if somehow Billy Horschel won the tour championship and the FedEx Cup, and wasn't on the Ryder Cup team again, I think that'd be awesome.
4: Oh, that
3: would be cruel. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Well, you know, they say that one of the keys to winning in the Ryder Cup is being able to make a lot of birdies. And uh, the PGA Championship, you know, played the first and second rounds with Captain Jim Furyk. Didn't have a great opening round, but he had 10 birdies in the second round. That's pretty impressive under, you know, and in terms of trying to impress Jim Furyk under a lot of pressure.
2: Well, it was one of those crazy rounds where he had 10 birdies and like, what do you have two or three pars? I mean, it was, uh, it was like a Phil Mickelson round. He had, he was all over the lot. So anybody who can make 10 birdies is a stud. Doesn't matter what the other eight holes were. That's the kind of a person you want. And, the only the only reason I think anybody even sorta of questioned him and they they didn't really because who do you got that's better, but you know, the Ryder Cup winds up being a putting contest. That's how it works. And the, you know they're setting up uh, the Europeans are in charge, they've this of course in France, they've had the French open for years, the Europeans know it in, inside and out. They're gonna narrow the fairways, grow the rough thick. you know, the Americans got all these big bombers. And they want to take that advantage away from the Americans. So they're going to make it a tight punch and Judy golf course and try to take the Americans out of their game. So Fina was another one of those guys who fits that profile. So maybe that said, who else was there? That would be better. You know, Zach Johnson. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Keegan Bradley was not around, you know, didn't really do much all year until the last few weeks. So I, Again, you can maybe not be satisfied with a pick, but you look around and say, well, who who could you have taken that was better? I mean, Xander Schauffele was the next obvious pick. If Brant Snedeker had followed that win up with anything else in the FedEx Cup, he he could have been a possibility because he's a great putter, but he wasn't able to do that. So I think it's great. I think you you always want to have some new blood on your team because even though you're trying to win this Ryder Cup, You've got to build for the future. And the next Ryder Cup comes around, you don't want to have a, you know, if your if you're old war horses don't make the team, you don't want six six rookies in the team like the Europeans had last time and they got smoked. So long range, you want to have a mix of rookies every time and build for the future. But Fina was obvious. I don't know who you would have taken uh, instead of him. I think you can make a much better case for picking somebody, in, you know, instead of Phil.
3: Well, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks between uh, Eastlake and then over to Paris for the Ryder Cup, September 25th through the 30th. And you can read Gary Van Sickle's current story today on the morningread.com. Morningread.com. Thanks, Gary, as always. And uh, we'll be touching base next week at Eastlake. Thanks so much.
2: Okay. I'm working on my French in the meantime.
3: Au revoir, my friend. You. this is the Golf Insiders, 969 the game. More golf talk. We'll be right back.
2: Do very
1: well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah. Really not so lean me. I got good.
3: We're back, the Golf I'll Insiders, right. wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk right. in the house. Holly G. Right As uh, we've been discussing the uh, road to East Lake next week in Atlanta. Uh, We're going to switch gears for a minute because there's a big event happening in France. No, not the Ryder Cup, but the LPGA's fifth major of the year, the Evian Championship, which uh, will begin tomorrow. And we're going to bring in Jeff Shane from Pro Golf Weekly and the PGATour.com to uh, bring us up to speed on what's happening in the women's major. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing tonight? Well, uh, more importantly, I know you're based in Hilton Head, South Carolina. How are you doing?
4: (laughs) It's all uncertainty right now. Uh, They were going to evacuate us, and then they didn't, and now the cone has moved over us, and we're kind of in this holding pattern. Do you stay? Do you go? We're we're probably not going to get the winds, but they're forecasting in some areas... 30 inches of rain if this hurricane stalls over the state of South Carolina as expected. So could be a wet one.
3: Well, we've got to keep your mind off things, and uh, we'll talk golf for a few minutes because we know there you, you love to do that, and you do it well. So as I was saying, the women, the LPGA is over in France for the Evian Championship, the fifth and final major of uh, their year. Um <clears throat> Anna Norquist was the uh, champion last year. One thing we were talking a little bit about earlier, you and I, uh, certainly a little bit of a drought for American players as we've gotten to the latter part of the year. We had a nice uh, comeback victory by Michelle Wee earlier in the season. Uh, Brittany Lincecombe had, you know, had headed things off in January. But uh, it's been Pretty quiet for a lot of the Americans we're used to seeing, Christy Kerr, et cetera yeah.
4: yeah, it really has. This has been an off year for Lexi Thompson uh she's still the highest ranked American and has had a decent year, but she hasn't won and she in fact she uh, sat out the women 's British Open to kind of just kind of take some time for herself uh whatever uh whatever pressure she was feeling. She decided that she didn't want to go across the pond. For that one, now obviously she's in France. For this one, Christy Kerr has uh, has not won this year, but um, I don't know if you noticed, but she uh, has a uh, new addition to her family as of Labor Day. So her second uh, little boy uh, was born, That's and right. uh, so there, I, I, I'm sure there was a lot to do with that. But this has just been a year of parody overall. We've had 25 LPGA events. And we have had 20 different players win. Uh, the only ones that have multiples, Aria Jutanagarn has three. Uh, Sung Hyun Park has three. She's now number one in the world. And uh, Brooke Henderson, after winning the Canadian Pacific Women's Open, she's got two. Nobody else has more than one. And so uh, this continues a pattern. Last year we had 21 different winners. That, I think, was a high mark. And each of the last four years, We've had at least 18. So if you like parody, they all talk about the NFL, but look at the LPGA.
3: That's right. And you have uh, Arya Jutanyagarn sitting on top of the race to the CME Globe, which is the LPGA's version of the FedEx Cup uh, point system, if you will. And um, sitting at number 10 in the race of the CMA is Marina Alex maybe not a name that people are super familiar with but the last person I believe last American to win this year right <laughs>
4: the, the last anybody to win because they they took last week off and uh, Marina won the the Portland Classic um and she's been close a couple times this year she uh grew up in New Jersey she is a, and and she'll she'll tell you straight out she's a Jersey girl uh, but she went to college at Vanderbilt um, and, and did, you know, fairly well in in the SEC there. So she's got uh, some experience. Has been knocking on the door. Had not won until two weeks ago in Portland, where she became number twenty <laughs> of this year's set of winners. We've also had, in terms of Americans, uh, Annie Park, former USC uh, standout. She won in New Jersey earlier this year. Um, somebody that I uh, have has really caught my eye, and, and uh, I, she, I was watching her actually uh, f- a fair amount toward the end of last year, uh, is the new Women's British Open champion, Georgia Hall. Uh, she's only 20, uh, I think she's 22 or 23 years old, uh, really burst onto the scene last year, was in contention at last year's Women's British Open, didn't quite make it over the line there, was really strong for Europe in the Solheim Cup. And then his comeback this year, the Women's British Open, was her first LPGA victory. And uh, she led after 54 holes in Portland a couple weeks ago.
3: Well, speaking of cups, uh, let's talk about the Ryder Cup here. We now know <laughs> that the uh, 12th man is going to be Tony Finau. Fantastic pick. Um, how do you think it's going to shape up here? You know, you've got a very strong European team between, you know, Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh Rory McElroy, Francesco, John Rom, you know, Ian Poulter, who we know just you know tears it up in, in these team events. Uh pretty strong team going against our American team where, you know, there's some question marks. Uh, Phil having not played so well. Uh you know, Jordan we know is struggling, uh Ricky Fowler with the the abs and Bubba. But uh how do you see it here? We got about two minutes. <laughs>
4: I think this is going to be a real interesting strategy uh, for both captains. Uh, I I think Thomas Bjorn, he went with experience, uh, and that's because uh, he's, uh, of the eight players that made it on merit, five of them are Ryder Cup rookies. And so nobody really knows how they'll perform in that kind of cauldron that we're going to see in Paris and I think that's why Bjorn leaned so hard on the veterans uh, and, and in, included Sergio Garcia in that. Sergio has just had uh, a complete off year. He couldn't even make the first round of the FedEx Cup playoffs this year. Uh, and interestingly enough, he didn't go back to Europe to try and improve his position uh, in the European uh, Ryder Cup points list. So he's a question mark. Henrik Stenson uh, has the continuing elbow problems. He's a question mark. Paul Casey withdrew from the BMW with back issues. All of a sudden, he's a question mark. How is Thomas Bjorn going to manage some solid veterans that have some injuries? And then, of course, how is Jim Furyk going to use – uh, particularly Phil Mickelson, he's he's going to be great in terms of taking a guy under his wing. Uh, he uh, he uh, he's done that you know every year in the last three, four, five Ryder Cup and Presidents Cups. But he's I don't think he's a five session guy. He may be a guy that you play only in four balls and, and you don't risk. <laughs> his wayward driving uh in the alternate shot so this is going to be a really interesting strategy situation i'm going to be interested to see too uh how tiger and bryson and dechambeau pair up because that's that's kind of the hot rumor now is that uh those two are going to be a pair in, in paris and we'll see if jordan reed can pull uh, i'm sorry patrick reed can pull jordan spieth out of his slump
3: well it's i think this is going to be a terrific rider cup a uh, little bit of a backup against the wall for the U.S. team going to Europe. Tony Fee now, I think, a great pick because he's an easygoing guy that probably can be paired up with just about anybody. So we're uh, we're just a week away from that. It's going to be uh, I'm sorry, a week away from East Lake, and then right behind it, the Ryder Cup, beginning September 25th. And uh, Jeff, to all the people in South Carolina and North Carolina, where I just was a couple weeks ago <laughs> in beautiful Myrtle Beach. You all stay safe and uh, hunker down, and we appreciate everything you do. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you, Holly. The Gulf Insiders, we got a tea time. We got to go. We love you. Bye bye.